Hey, Tyler Shields here, pastor of Rock House Baptist Church. I want to personally thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We pray that the message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to be the person that God desires you to be. Be sure to check us out online at rockhousebaptist.org where you can find out more about how to connect, grow, and go. And now, today's message. So glad that, that everybody's here. We're going to continue our series on prayer this morning. Uh, if you have missed a few weeks, uh, always go back and check us out online. Uh, we've got a podcast that, that comes out usually by Monday. We've got a podcast, and if you don't know what a podcast is, just tune out for a minute because I don't know if I can help you or not. But <laughs> we, uh, in addition to being on Facebook and being on the website, uh, we do have a podcast that's available every week, too. In case you miss out, you can always follow up. But if you haven't been following up, we just to remind you, we started this series a few weeks ago, and we started out talking about growing up spiritually and trying to mature, and that's really related to our prayer life a lot. And after that, we went into a week of talking about really the, the very basics of prayer. We call it Prayer 101, because no matter how old we get and how much we think we know, sometimes we need to go back to the very fundamentals and relearn a few things. Then we talked about who it is we're talking to, who it is that we've got on the line when we get on our knees and pray to God. Last week, we talked about how to pray in the desert during those spiritually dry seasons that we all go through in life. This morning, we're going to talk about something we've briefly talked about almost every week, and that is when God says no. In case you haven't figured it out yet, we've decided that God always answers our prayers, doesn't he? Let me rephrase it. God always answers our prayers. And uh, <laughs> I'm very thankful for that. We look around us and we see so many answered prayers every day. I, 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 just going to Lexington yesterday and seeing those babies and, and seeing them healthy, uh, so many prayers have been answered over the past couple of years for Brian and Stacey, and we look around just right here at all the multitudes of answered prayers that we have. Jeremiah 33.3 reminds us of this, and, and Tom, I know you use these scriptures a lot. Uh, I didn't steal them from you. They were in the Bible. They just happened to be what we're talking about today, okay? The, the Holy Spirit worked this out. But one of, the, one of his favorite verses, Jeremiah 33.3, the Bible, God says, call to me, and I may answer you. It doesn't say that, does it? Call to me, and if you, if you call to me the right way, and you say all the right things, I may decide to answer you. Call to me, and if you're on your best behavior, and I feel like it, I may answer you. It's not what the Bible says. Call to me, and I will answer you. And not only answer you, but show you great and mighty things which you do not know. God always answers our prayers. He's always listening. Now, we like it when God says yes, but sometimes God doesn't say yes. Sometimes God says no. Sometimes God says, you just need to wait a little while. Sometimes He says, that sounds like a good idea, but you need to grow up first. Sometimes He says, that's a really good idea, but there's some stuff you need to get over. There's some things that you need to repent from. So you need to wait a while. But sometimes God just simply says no. So what do we do? 
What do we do when we're praying and we're praying and we, we simply don't get a yes from God? We feel like our prayers have gone unanswered. Do we stop praying? Do we stop looking at what the Bible says? First of all, we've got to realize we're in pretty good company when we get told no by God. God, I think, through everybody's life has told them no. We look through the Scripture, all the people God has said no to, Moses, Peter, Paul, Elijah, even Jesus. Jesus went to the garden and Jesus prayed, Father, if there be any other way than for me to go to this cross, let it be that way. God said, no, this is the only way. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But when we get told no, sometimes we just simply don't understand. We can't figure it out. Our feeble minds can't grasp why God would let this person get better and let this person die when we've been praying for both of them just as hard as we can pray. Why this person will get the job and, and I don't get the job. Why, Lord? Why this person gets the child but I can't have children? Why does God tell me no? Sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes it's confusing. But the simple answer, sometimes God just has to tell somebody no. Sometimes there's two people that's praying on the opposite side of things. And somebody's got to be told no. I think sports is a great example of this. We all, if you play for Mount, your kid plays for Mountain View, man, you're praying that they beat Muncie and, and the vice versa. And, but as hard as you pray, somebody's going to get beat and somebody's going to be told no, right? We're getting ready to go into the greatest season of the year when UK basketball fires up officially. And there's going to be a lot of praying going on. We start out, of course, playing Transylvania. Don't pray about that one. We'll be all right. <laughs> then we're going to play Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Don't pray about that one. I think we can handle that one in our own abilities, Lord. Then we need to hit our knees on November 6th. When UK goes up against uh, the University of Duke and all of those devil-worshiping Blue Devil fans are on their knees praying to their pagan gods and we want God to hear our prayers and just ignore what they have to say. <laughs> but let's be honest, though. In all seriousness, sometimes it's confusing when God tells us no. We think, Lord, I feel like I'm doing what you've called me to do. I'm going where you've called me to go. Why are you telling me no? Sometimes it's frustrating, even devastating, when we pray just as hard as we can pray, and the sickness don't go away. The person dies. The person don't get saved. Whatever the case may be, we don't get whatever the grand thing is we're asking for. And so I think the short answer here to this is God simply says no because God loves us. And we've talked about that, but that's... To me, that's great. That sounds nice and churchy, but it's not good enough. I remember as a child, I always, if mom or dad told me I had to do something, really if they told me I wasn't allowed to do something, I wanted to know why. And, and mom would often say, uh, well, I brought you into this world, and I will take you out of it, and I'm mom, so you're going to do what I say. And I, that was enough to make me do it or not do it, but I, I really wanted to know why. I feel like I would have done better if I had a little bit of understanding. So I think we need to understand a little bit of why God says no. We said that God is a good, good Father. And when He tells us no, or He tells us to wait, or He tells us to grow up, or whatever the case may be, we've got to realize He always does it with our best in mind. 
God always answers our prayers in a way that's going to be good for us because He, He is good. But there's five reasons I want us to understand why God would say no that I think will bring us a little more comfort other than, well, He's God and He's allowed to say no. And the first reason God would ever say no to our, our prayers is simply because God doesn't want it. Did you know that we sometimes pray for things that aren't God's will? We ask for things that we think would be great for us, but it's just not in line with what God would have for us. Maybe you've done it. I know I've prayed that a lot. But Jesus, like we said, kind of modeled this one for us. He prayed to His Father in agony in the garden, probably praying harder than any of us have ever prayed in our lives. And He asked the Father, if there's any way that we can deal with their sin... If there's any way that, that we can solve this problem without me not only suffering on the cross, but taking their sin upon myself, let's do it that way. But he knew that was not God's will and God's way. And what did he pray? He said, nevertheless, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus taught us how to pray God's will. The question, though, how do we know what God's will is? let alone begin to pray God's will. Well, i got a Bible somewhere. The first place you want to look for God's will, it's in the book. And God tells us exactly what He wants in His Word. Uh, but I know we don't always look there first, do we? We think we've got a lot of the answers. We're all guilty of that. But if we can't figure it out in God's Word, how about we ask for it? We go to God and we say, Father, I don't understand. In all honesty, I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know what you want me to do. Would you show me what your will is? Sometimes it'll leap right off the page. Sometimes we have to ask God for this thing called wisdom. And the Bible says if we'll ask Him for wisdom and understanding, He will give it to us. There's nothing wrong with being honest with God and, and admitting we don't have all the answers. It's okay to ask Him. But I will tell you one thing. The will of God will never, ever go against the Word of God. So if you know what the Word of God says, you're going to be pretty inclined to do and to pray out God's will. That means God's will is never going to go against God's character. It's never going to have you do anything against God's His glory and His fame to dishonor Him. It's never going to have you do anything that would be detrimental to His kingdom. It's all right there in the book. Now you can bet, though, if you ask God to do something, and you know it's not God's will, one, because it goes against God's word, God's not going to answer that prayer. Well, He's not going to answer it with a yes. We'll put it that way. God's going to tell you no. But on the flip side, think about the opposite of this. If we ask something of our Father that is according to His will, that means He's going to say what? You guys need to wake up. There's some coffee in the back. He's going to say yes. John, 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of Him. So if, again, if God says no, does that mean you stop? Do you stop praying? 
Do you stop seeking? Maybe it means we need to change our prayers a little bit and bring our prayer life in line with God's will and God's way. Maybe we need to search a little deeper in God's word to find out what God's will is for this situation. We need to be more sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, the second reason may not necessarily be that God doesn't want it. It may be that we don't need it. And I'm thankful that God knows what I need better than I do. Because there's been a lot of prayers that I've prayed that if God had given them to me, man, I've been really messed up. And I thank God that He knows what's best for me and answers my prayers that way. You know what a great example of this is? How many people have prayed to win the lottery? Oh, man, okay. A lot of honest people. Praise God. If, if it had just been Bill, I'd have had to call him out. But a lot of people are honest about that one. That's great. The current Powerball is $70 million. $70 million. Imagine, imagine having that for a couple days. And a bunch of people all around Kentucky are praying to win that Powerball lottery, 70 million bucks. Now, I've been asked a few times, now, preacher, if I win that lottery, if God blesses me with that winning ticket, and I tithe that to the church, would you take it? Now, I said, buddy, I'll tell you what, if, you, if the Lord gives it to you, I'll take that filthy lucre and I'll build a church and uh, <laughs> spread the kingdom, <laughs> you know, spread the word. <laughs> sure would. <laughs> but, but only one person is going to win that lottery. Probably hundreds of thousands praying in their own way for God to give that to them. But only one person is going to win. And a lot of people are going to get a big fat no on that one. And the reason why is may simply be we don't need that much money. Uh, if we can't handle $70, how is God going to trust us with $70 million? Think about the consequences that that could have to our lives. That we don't even, you know, we think if we had just had more money, then we could solve all these problems in our lives. But that's simply not the truth. And here, here's an example. One study said that 70% of all lottery winners spend every single dime within five years. Right back to where they were. Don McNay, he's a financial consultant for lottery winners and wrote a book called Life Lessons from the Lottery. He said this about winners. He said, people commit suicide. People run through their money. Easy comes, easy goes. They go through divorce or people die. It's just an upheaval that they're not ready for. It's the curse of the lottery because it made their lives worse instead of improving them. There's some things we just don't need. The lottery is a very extreme example, but there's all kinds of things that I thought I needed that would fix my problems, that would fix my life, that would fix my relationship with God. And if God had given that to me, man, what a train wreck I would have had. But God always knows what's best for us and exactly what we need. Sometimes what we ask for would hurt us, hurt our family, hurt our reputation, even hurt our faith. And so God says no. Sometimes there's things that we have, we feel like we don't need, and we want God to take them away. And God says no. 
A lot of these, we, you know, we see this a lot of times with physical problems. God, if you just take away the cancer, if you just take away the, the sickness, if you take away the, the handicap, then everything would be all right. And God says, now Paul went through this exact same thing. We don't know exactly what Paul's thorn was, but Paul admitted, I prayed three times, asked God to take it away. But he didn't. Why? Because Paul needed that. Paul said, in my weakness, Christ's strength is displayed. God may say no, it may not be His will, may not be good for us. Sometimes, God, it would be okay to give it to us, but the third reason He says no is it's not time for it. This is not really a no. It's more like a wait. It's more like maybe you need to grow a little bit first. Maybe you need to get some things straightened out first. I want to give you this, but you're simply not ready for it. You're not ready to handle $70 million. Maybe next year. But I'm glad that God's timing is always perfect. You know what I mean? There's so many stories throughout Scripture where God showed up at just the right time to do what only God could do. I think of the story of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Mary and Martha knew their brother was getting sick. They believed that he was going to die. That They knew that Jesus could fix their brother Lazarus. That he could heal him. And I'm sure they prayed all kinds of prayers. God, send Jesus to, to heal our brother before he dies. We've all prayed prayers like that for people that we love. But what happened? Lazarus dies. Four days later, Lazarus is wrapped up, laying in the grave, stinking. Jesus shows up. Jesus wasn't late. <laughs> God just wanted to show these ladies that they, he wasn't so interested in healing somebody as he was showing them how a person could be resurrected from the dead. And Jesus walked out to the graveyard and says, Lazarus, come forth. And he come back to life. Sometimes God doesn't answer our prayer the way we want to because he's got something so much better in line with his timing for us. There's been a lot of times that I'll come in here on Sunday morning and everything's falling apart. And by about 10.45, I'm about to lose my blessed mind. Stuff just don't work. But then all of a sudden, it's like it all comes together and everything works just right. We don't always see what's going on behind the scenes. Our flesh prevents us from seeing what's happening spiritually. We see this in Daniel. Daniel prayed for God to do something. And finally an angel comes. He says, Daniel, I know you've been praying, but I was prevented. I was fighting my way to get to you. And I'm here now. God always shows up just on time. He's never late. Fourth reason God may tell us no is maybe you've already got it. Think about that one for a second. Let that sink in. How many times have we prayed for something that we've already got? We've already got the answer to the problems that we're praying about. We are the answer <laughs> a lot of times to the prayers that we're praying. We pray things like, God, I just wish, I pray that you just make my spouse love me more. I pray that you just soften their heart and make them show me the affection that I, I pray this a lot about my wife, just make them show me the affection that I feel like I deserve? <laughs> what if we changed that and we said, God, won't you make me a better spouse? Make, instead of making my spouse love me more, make me a more lovable person myself. We pray about our job. God, my job's just terrible. Can't stand going to that awful environment. Them 
people that I have to be around? Won't you send somebody to save them people and, and, and fill that place with the joy and love of Christ? We, we could be praying, God, won't you help me be a light in my workplace? Help me share Christ in this place that is so dark. Sometimes we pray, oh, I like this one. God, I wish you'd fix my church. I don't know what's wrong with that pastor. Won't you make him a better pastor? Help him to get around to see all 500 people every week. God, help us to sing the right songs and do the right things. What if we pray, God, help me be a better church member? God, show me where I can... Show me where the need is that I can serve and I can fill in those gaps. Sometimes we pray, God, I want you to save so-and-so. God, I want you to send somebody. Send that pastor. We know he needs help anyway. Send him to talk to my lost loved one. What about, God, give me the opportunity. God, give me the words to say that might lead that person to Christ. You might be the answer to your own prayers and don't even realize it. If you just trust the Lord and allow Him to do that work in your life, not everybody else's life, but your life. Final reason that God would tell us no is because God has something better. There's been prayers that I've prayed for this church I thought, man, that'd just be that'd be that'd be it. That would be the, that would be the most awesome thing. And God shows us something far, far better than we ever even began to imagine or dream up. There's a great story of this in Acts chapter 16. In Acts 16, at this point, the apostle Paul has gone and he's done just some incredible, incredible things. He's planted churches. He shared the gospel. He has went back and strengthened churches that needed help. And if anybody should think they've got it figured out, it should be the Apostle Paul. But look what happens in Acts 16. Luke says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia and having been kept by the devil from preaching the word, having been... What's your translation say? Having been kept by Jews that were upset from preaching the word, from those pagan Gentiles from preaching, what's it say? It says, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Now imagine what our prayers would, would be like if we were prevented by the Holy Spirit to do what it is we think God has called us to do. Paul must have thought, God... You told us, go into all nations, teaching them and baptizing them. And here you're keeping me from doing the very thing you've commanded me to do. You said, go to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the earth. And you're telling me, I can't preach the word to these people. A lot of us would pack our bags and went home and just gave up, wouldn't we? Look what happened. It says, when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia. But the spirit of Satan? No. The Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. And during the night, here's what happens when we keep pressing on and trusting the Lord. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia 
and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready. Luke joins him. We got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Does this mean God didn't want the gospel preached to those people in Asia? Of course not. Does it mean God didn't love them? No, of course not. They were going to hear the gospel. Somebody was going to preach it to them. It meant that God had a different plan in this specific time for Paul and his companions. And he wanted them to do something totally different than what they thought they were going to do. Instead of pushing deeper into Asia, God said, I want you to go this way. Now, a lot of times we see something like that in our lives and we try to give the devil credit. Well, the devil just, boy, he's beating me up now. The devil's giving me all kinds of things. Maybe God beating you up trying to get you to do what he wants you to do. We don't have to give Satan credit for everything. God sometimes stops even good things from happening so something better can take place. Do you realize when, that when, when Paul and his companions went to where they went, and they went to Philippi, and we're getting ready to go into a series through Philippians here shortly. I'm very excited about it. You want to hear... We've already been studying up. You're going to hear different guys preach through the book of Philippians over the next couple of months. But Philippi, to this day, is still considered the gateway to Europe. The gateway to Europe. And Paul went to Philippi, Thessalonica, Corinth, all these places. We have letters in our Bible because Paul went to these places and shared the gospel and planted churches. Eventually, the gospel would spread to Europe and the Western world. I think that we are here where we are because Paul answered the Macedonian call to follow the Holy Spirit in that direction. Now, here's the takeaway for all this. Here's the, the challenge for today. Where's God calling you? Which direction is the Holy Spirit prompting you? Your, your no that you're dealing with right now could be the greatest pivotal moment in your life. You can't see what's on the other side of, of that no or that wait a little while or that grow up a little bit. Only God can see what that is. But imagine if Paul had disobeyed God and went that way anyway. I don't even know if we'd be standing here having church. Could be that the Spirit is guiding you to answer that call today. Maybe it's simply to change the way that you pray about things. <laughs> Maybe stop making your prayers so much about yourself and more about God. Change this person. Change my mind. Change my attitude. Change my heart. God, help me be that light. Help me be the spouse that my husband or my wife needs. Help me be the person in the church that my church family needs me to be. Help me to be that missionary that can take the gospel to all the lost people in my life. Think about how many lost people are in each and every one of our lives. And we can pray that God would show us the way, give us the word, give us the courage if you've been saved like we sang about this morning, all you've got to be able to do is tell, tell somebody how that happened. And we might not have all the answers, but you can say, you know what, I, I don't know exactly how it happened, but I was lost, I was dead in my sin and, and just walking down the wrong road, and somehow, 
Somehow Jesus invaded my life. And I, I don't know how He did it, but I got saved. And I, and I want you to get saved. If you can share that personal story, then, then you can share the gospel. This morning, as we close, I want to invite you to prayerfully consider what it is that, that God is wanting you to do in your life. Maybe you are a believer, but you've never followed up in baptism. I'd love to put your name on my list and baptize you next week. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Christ at all. And today you need to come and, and, and get right with God and let, us, let your church family celebrate with you. Maybe God has led you to Rock House Baptist Church as a place where you want to be plugged in to grow and to serve. And you just need to make it official by being, becoming a member this morning. Whatever it is God's leading you to do, we want to invite you to come. Let's stand together as we pray. Father, we thank you so much, God, that you, Father, your plans are so much greater than ours. Your thoughts are so much higher than ours. God, when we don't have the answers, God, when we're struggling with confusion and, and doubt and, and disappointment, God, we know that you're in control of things. And Father, I pray that if there's someone here this morning, God, that they, they don't understand what your will is for their life. They don't see your hand in their life. God, I pray today they just trust you. God, they turn it all over and you say, God, I don't know where it is or what you want me to do, but I'll go where you'd have me go. I'll do what it is you want me to do. Say what it is you want me to say. And God, with faith like that, I pray that you would, God, just continue to build this fire that you've started here in this church and in this community. And God, I pray that it would continue to spread out, God, into every family, every holler, every community in our county. God, that we would see a multitude of people come to Christ. Father, maybe today somebody just needs to come and seek you and pray. And God, publicly come to this altar and kneel down before God. And God, we just pray that you would give them the courage to step out this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for tuning in today. And remember, the greatest decision that you could ever make is to place your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation and begin a personal relationship with Him. Again, thanks for listening. God bless.